This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Wow, that is all you can say is wow. And Merry Christmas, Buccaneer fans, on a historic Christmas night where the Buccaneers had never played on Christmas Day or Christmas night. One final gift under the tree. One final gift in that stocking as the Buccaneers, the cardiac Bucks of 2022, once again pull out an overtime win that very much keeps their playoff hopes alive. In fact, they've taken a giant step towards winning the NFC South and hosting a playoff game. Uh, One more time, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, goodness gracious. It is great to be with you back from the Arizona desert overnight, Sunday night into Monday. It is the Nothing But Bucks podcast where we're here to recap with highlights, interviews, analysis, and everything that's going on. I am the somewhat rested host, only a few hours sleep after the all-night plane ride, which was a blast, obviously, leaving New uh, Arizona in the middle of the night and flying Uh, Back here to Tampa Bay, victorious. It did not look good for a while. Look, I get it. I understand it is frustrating to watch. I I understand that you would want to see the points you've seen in 2020 and 2021 when this team regularly scored 28, 31, 35 points every game. This is not that team, those teams. They don't have the offensive line. They obviously don't have the mindset from the quarterback to go down the field and, and quick strikes downfield. Bombs on a regular basis. It's more about short passes, protection of him and him not getting hit uh, and the mindset. So I get that you're not scoring a bunch of points. I get their nerve-wracking, low-scoring games. But folks, would you rather be scoring 30 points a game and losing and not in the playoffs? Sorry, I've been there, done that. With fired head coach after fired head coach after fired head coach. And in a lot of cases, they couldn't score 30 points a game or 25 points a game and we're still losing and getting fired. You are on the verge of being in the playoffs for a third consecutive year hosting a playoff game for the third consecutive year. The franchise has never had that before. You've never done that before. And uh, this was yet another testament to give it to Tom Brady with the game on the line, and he's going to win you the game even at 45 years of age. I am not going to sit here and try to tell you that the Bucs are not a flawed team on offense with problems and issues that continued in game number 15. But you have to concede, even if you are a staunch critic of play calling, execution, lack of points, they are finding a way to score when they have to and winning games. And why are we parsing or apologizing for wins? They don't ask you how. They don't ask you by what margin. They simply, at the NFL, say, what are the number of wins? Did you? How many of them did you win? And right now the record stands at 7-8. and eight. And one more victory Saturday over the Carolina Panthers specifically drives a dagger in them and wins the NFC South. So the did you part is did you win enough games to win your division and did you get to host a playoff game? That's all that matters right now heading into Sunday. And by the way, let me say at the outset, For those that are saying, oh, well, you can't sustain with this kind of football. And, oh, it's just too frustrating to watch. And, oh, fire everybody and get rid of this and get rid of that and blah, blah. You know, uh, you were the same ones, the same ones that when the team was awful said, look at what winning organizations do. Look what winning teams do. They, They do what's necessary. They go get this. They go do that. They make the smart move. They make the smart play. They go get the best player. They go they go draft... Uh, the best. Well, that's what this team has built. 
That's what the organization, top to bottom, from the Glazers to Jason Light to Bruce Arians, now to Todd Bowles, they have built an organization that has talent all over the place. Is it properly coached and adjusted all the time? No. However, do they do enough when the game matters to win the game right now in the clutch? Rams game, Saints game, this game on the road? Obviously, they've stepped up when it's mattered the most. And as a fan, that's all you can ask for. Go win important games, which this team has done. They've maintained the lead in the division as bad as it's been. We've well documented on this podcast there have been not one, not two, but three examples since 2010. 2010 Seahawks moving forward, 2014 Panthers moving forward, 2020 Washington football team, commanders, whatever the name is going to be in the future. They all won only seven games, didn't even have a winning season. They all got in the playoffs. This is hardly unprecedented. In fact, the AFC South, our our brother division, the AFC South, is more than likely going to have a division winner between Houston and Tennessee that has a losing record, or excuse me, Jacksonville and Tennessee. They're going to play a winner-take-all game in the final week of the season. That's the only thing that matters, and they right now both have a losing record, 7-8, and same as the Buccaneers. It just matters, did you? It just matters how many did you win. Did you win and how many did you win? And the true fans, the true supporters of this team, the people that understand it, the lifelongs, the ones that have lived through all the losing seasons, not just the ones that have come along lately wearing their Tom Brady jersey in the last three years and aren't going to be Buccaneer fans when Tom Brady's gone. I'm talking about the people that live around here that have suffered through it. I'm talking about the people that suffered through a decade of the 80s where you couldn't avoid losing 10 games. I'm talking about people that suffered through Raheem Morris, followed by the name we don't mention, followed by Lovey Smith, followed by Dirk Cutter, and 10-loss season out of 10-loss season out of 10-loss season over and over again. And are still Buccaneer fans buying tickets and investing in merchandise and hope and watching games in person or on TV. This is who the, this is who the Buccaneers are doing it for. The lifers, the lifelong ones that are hanging in. If you're a lifer, you're a lifelong one. You're enjoying the ride right now, and you should be enjoying the ride. And it's another dramatic win. It's another uh, notch for Tom Brady on the Hall of Fame, greatest of all time career. Are you doubting him? Any, I mean, why? even at 45, why should you doubt him with the game in the clutch? When we come to this Carolina game that we're going to talk about in a few minutes, it's a must-win game. If that game is on the line Sunday at Raymond James Stadium and he's got the football, the Buccaneers are winning the NFC South with Tom Brady. It's going to happen. If you get into a postseason game at home, I don't care if it's with the Dallas Cowboys, who, by the way, naysayers, the Buccaneers beat the Cowboys week one. The Buccaneers beat the Cowboys a year ago. I know different set of circumstances with the Buccaneer offensive line, Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, Bruce Arians as a coach. You've beaten them twice. Cowboys who always, 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 always play tight in the playoffs, who have blown playoff game after playoff game with Dak Prescott at quarterback, even at home. Always, always, always play tight. You've got Brady at home in a potential matchup. If you can get one more big win here against Carolina, you got Brady at home against the Cowboys. You're going to go against Tom Brady in the second half of a game that's within reach with the game on the line after what you've seen? You have no clue, no clue. You should be dismissed as clueless if you don't think if it's a close game in the postseason at home that Tom Brady isn't going to have the uh, overwhelming probability of winning the game. What have you been watching? 
What have you been watching with the games on the line throughout his career and now in Tampa Bay over and over and over again, and you saw it last night? And the argument, oh, well, you're not playing the Arizona Cardinals. Guess what? Have you watched, just while I digress for a moment before we get into the highlights, which I promise are coming, the recap interviews you're going to hear from Ryan Suckup, who won the game with a field goal. You're going to hear from Russell Gage with those money catches. You're going to hear from Leonard Fournette off our Hooters postgame show late night Christmas night in Arizona. You're going to hear from Todd Bowles on our postgame interview with everything he had to say. You're going to hear from Tom Brady with the media. You're going to hear all of that on this podcast. Highlights, those interviews, more analysis from me on what was going on and why. But while we digress here for just a moment, you've been watching the Dallas Cowboys, who are the likely opponent. They're locked into the five seed in the wild card unless, unless they win their final two games and somehow win the tiebreaker over the Eagles losing their final two games, which the Cowboys can still do. If the Cowboys win their final two and the Eagles lose their final two and they both end the season at 13-4, and four, which could still happen. The Cowboys win the tiebreaker and the Eagles are the five seed, by the way. Coming back to Tampa Bay for a playoff rematch like a year ago in the wild card round when Brady and the Bucks led 31-0. I know it's a different Philadelphia team. Another year for Nick Suriani. Jalen Hurts is much better. Their defense is better. They've got A.J. Brown. I get that. But they haven't locked up the division yet. They've still got to win one more game or have one more Cowboy loss to lock it up. But if it is Dallas... Have you watched them play against the Houston Texans at home with everything on the line? Did you watch them, in particular in the second half when they gave up nearly 500 yards and Trevor Lawrence is slinging it all over the yard in the comeback and Jacksonville wins in overtime? Did you watch Philadelphia back and forth with them with the backup quarterback Gardner Minshew? Uh, Let me recap. Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll were the two quarterbacks for Houston alternating each series in Dallas. Trevor Lawrence, a second-year player, led the comeback against them in in North Florida two weekends ago. And Gardner Minshew, as lovable as he is, is a backup. The former Washington State quarterback. None of those guys are Tom Brady. Do you really fear that Tom Brady's not going to be able to complete passes and get points when you have to have it against the Dallas Cowboys? What are you watching if you're fearing that? Seriously, get a clue that all of this is going to go together and ramp up in the postseason and just get to the postseason. I, I know I'm ranting about it, but man, off of that exhilarating win, you got to start talking about and thinking about playoffs and playoff matchups. And the reason for that is the win in the desert on Sunday night. So let's get into it. Let's get into it with the highlights and with everything that happened uh, as the Buccaneers end up victorious over the Arizona Cardinals. It took a while. It took... An overtime, but again, it's did you. Did you win? And the answer is yes. The game, by the way, that the Carolina Panthers didn't win at home with Arizona before they fired their coach, Matt Rule, back in early October, is the game the Buccaneers won in Arizona to beat the Cardinals, and that may ultimately be the difference at the end of all this on a tiebreaker. I'll explain more about that in a little bit. So we go to the backdrop of State Farm Stadium. Again, the Bucks. Had gone out. We went with the travel party on Friday night. Arrived Friday night uh, evening uh, in uh, in Arizona to get acclimated on Saturday to the mountain time zone change, two hours behind to the drier climate out in Arizona. As this matchup uh, was going to be taking place on Sunday night, definitely odd, definitely different to not be home for Christmas Eve to not be home at all Christmas Day. Big advantage for the Cardinals. They're in their setting. They are at home. 
for Christmas Eve. They are at home for Christmas Day with no travel all the way into Sunday night. So the Bucks had to wait that out, wait all the football games being played on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, some thrilling, crazy stuff. They knew Carolina had won. They knew New Orleans had won. They knew Atlanta had lost and been eliminated. So now we go into the backdrop of Sunday evening with the Panthers without Kyler Murray, torn ACL for the quarterback, out for the year. There's some debate, by the way, in Arizona if he's played his last game or not, injured or not, whether he will be around, whether he will be back. Will Cliff Kingsbury, the coach, survive or not? This was all the talk in Arizona. The Arizona paper, the Arizona Republic, the Arizona sports radio out there, the radio stations, the game, and the other ones. This is all the talk amongst uh, everybody that's Cardinal fans on is this uh, all going to unravel here? No more Kingsbury, no more Murray. They're going to the third quarterback, Trace McSorley. So uh, that's the backdrop for Arizona that came in at 4-10 and 10 in this matchup with the Bucks. And so uh, for the Buccaneers, they knew what was at stake here. Had to have a win, had to get to 7-8, and eight, had to have the opportunity to clinch the NFC South and control your own destiny. I know I keep hearing this as we get into the highlights about Carolina controls their own destiny. Guess what? The Buccaneers control their own destiny. One more win over Carolina Sunday, and it's over in the South. And you have the game at home. So they essentially both control their own destiny, but advantage Bucks with a home game in the revenge mode. So uh, let's get into it. Let's get into what happened. Buccaneers had the ball first after the Cardinals won the toss and deferred. You got an early pass interference on a long play to Julio Jones at midfield he's interfered with. The Buccaneers then get a handoff to Rashad White and get into scoring range. However, you are not able to get in the end zone. We've seen this time and again, opening drives that stall out. Remember uh, last week, Against the Bengals, the opening drive stalled out inside the 10-yard line, and you ended up kicking a field goal. So instead, uh, Ryan Suckup, these would these points would all become large, gets the Bucks on the board here to start us off on our highlights with Gene and Dave with the calls on Buccaneers Radio. Near side hash, spot of the 28, 38-yard kick attempt. It's airborne. It is long enough, and it is right down Interstate 10. It's good, and the Bucks lead early, three to nothing. That field goal from 38 yards out caps that opening scoring drive. uh, First points of the night after a 55-yard drive aided by the penalty. Makes the game 3-0. Now, so much was made of the Buccaneers not being able to get the fake punt a week ago uh, with Giovanni Bernard fumbling the snap uh, and and not being able to execute the fake early on in the third quarter of the Bengals game that uh, led the door to be open. It did not cost the Buccaneers the game to all the turnovers and all the avalanche of problems in the third quarter for the Bengal comeback. Well, now the Cardinals are undaunted at 4-10. Four, at, at four and ten. They decide to fake a punt. They get it with the punter, Andy Lee, throwing a successful pass. They actually had two options on the play, one receiver going right, one going to the left. And again, Kingsbury understood, we got nothing to lose here. Take some risks in the desert. So they get the fake punt. They move into position. They end up... Um, at this stage, uh, not being able to score after converting the fake punt because the Buccaneer defense steps up right here and uh, is able to make a play on McSorley, the young quarterback making his first start, fourth year in the league. Trace McSorley was back there, and the Bucs crunched him here on defense. McSorley now with an empty backfield as Connor shifts to the right. Three receivers left. Here is the snap. Connor, come on, we follow the football. It's loose. It's on the ground. A scoop of the 30. Down the sideline. Devin White. He's tackled from behind at the 45-yard line. Nelson gets the quarterback sack of the strip. Devin White scoops it up. 
And it's timeout by Trey McBride as he was scooting down the near sideline. Yeah. Heading to the promised land here in Glendale. Really thought for a moment Devin White may be able to take off and race the other way with his speed with the fumble return after that big hit and the big blow. Give McBride, the tight end for Arizona, a ton of credit because he saw the fumble. He chased Devin White down, and the Buccaneers were not able to get a touchdown on the, on the fumble return and ultimately were not able to get points in, in that instance either. Uh, because the game would remain 3-0 here. The Buccaneers uh, then had the ball back here at this stage in a 3-0 game, trying to make something happen, but on third and short, could not make something happen. Now fourth down and short, trying to convert. Here's the handoff to Fournette, running right, slashes his way ahead. Did he get the first down? I don't know. I don't think he got the first down. Cardinals come up with the stop of Leonard Fournette, and again, I'm telling you, I understand the criticism of play calls, the criticism of adjustments. Uh, I know Todd Bowles has, has said now after the game and the media on Monday that, hey, we believe in these certain plays and we expect players to execute them and we just didn't get it blocked in that instance. Um, and, and ultimately, uh, Josh Wells, the backup left tackle playing for the injured Donovan Smith. We didn't mention that the Buccaneers are playing without Donovan Smith starting left tackle. They're playing without Pro Bowl Vita Vea on the defensive tackle spot for the second straight game. You're playing without Carl Nassib, the pass rusher. Jamel Dean, one of your best cover guys. All of them injured, all of them out before the game's ever played. So no Donovan Smith. Josh Wells injured at this point. You're playing a third string tackle in Brandon Walton, who's played a little bit. Been on the practice squad, been on the active roster some. Played earlier in the year against the Cowboys because of injury. Walton's been in there as an extra blocker some too, as a sixth blocker. All right, so he's out there. You're not able to get the first down on that run play. And, uh, and you give the ball back to the Cardinals, and you give the ball back to Matt Prater uh, and the Cardinal offense, which it sputtered again. Give the Bucks defense some credit. They, they bowed their back. They stopped McSorley. They stopped. They held DeAndre Hopkins in check the entire game. You're not going to hear any DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hopkins highlights. He didn't have any in this game as the great receiver. And so Matt Prater ends up retying the game right here. Prater kicked two 50-yarders a week ago. This will be a 56-yard attempt. He's got the leg. He's got the leg. And it is good. My goodness. In the National Football League, nobody does it better than Matt Prater from 50 yards or longer. He kicked a 50 and 52-yarder in Denver last week, one of uh, two of three field goals he made. And here he ties the game near the end of the first quarter with a 56-yard field goal. It could have gone 66. What a field goal kick by Prater. Booming 56-yard kick at that stage. That kick would have been good from 60 and maybe longer. I know NBC has the graphic all the time. I think their graphic said it would have been good from 63. Great kicker indoors. He's got more 50-plus yard field goals than anybody else in NFL history. He kicked another one later in the game. He's got 70 of them. 7-0. Prater also used to be in Detroit kicking inside. Not even kicking in Denver with the altitude. Just amazing. Amazing to watch uh, what happened and what unfolded with the field goal battle back and forth. Suck up got another one where the Buccaneers were trying to put a drive together. Uh, it could not really uh, get into scoring range. They put a 15-play uh, drive together, but ultimately drive stalls out. Suckup kicks the field goal for a 6-3 lead. And then this is something we keep talking about. Turnovers began to happen. Uh, Tom Brady here looking for Mike Evans down the field on a first down shot play late second quarter here. You're trying to make something happen. 
And uh, unfortunately, the Bucks give the ball away. Here's the quick snap. Brady drops back to throw. Looks long. Downfield toward Evans. It is intercepted at the two-yard line. To the 10, to the 15, to the 20, to the 30-yard line. Outside the numbers to the 40, to the 42. It's Marco Wilson with a pickoff at the two-yard line. Brady went deep and got bit by the pick. Yeah, the interception by Arizona down around the goal line. He was looking for Mike Evans. He had to throw it about a half second uh, quicker than he wanted to. They got pressure on um, on Brady before uh, he could release that ball. He got hit as he threw. He looked like he tweaked his ankle a little bit, too, as he got hit on that long one. Was kind of flexing the ankle after the play and checking it the next series as well. So the interception... Uh, for Brady, nullifies any scoring chance, and then the Cardinals would get the Prater field goal that nicked the upright and went through from 53 yards out, his second 50-plus yard field goal of the half, and the game 6-6 at halftime. So the Buccaneers had some opportunities to get some points, didn't convert, touchdowns, got field goals only. You knew the Cardinals were going to get the ball to start the second half. I talked to Coach Todd Bowles going into the locker room. I know numerous ones of you were sending me social media messages, text messages, and I'm interviewing the coach, walking to the locker room on NBC. They were showing it for a second or two. The coach was not happy with being able to finish off drives. We didn't have it here, but you had some penalties. You had the turnover by Brady. You backed yourself up. Couldn't convert on third and short or fourth and short, so a lot of adversity. 6-6 game. He knew the Cardinals were going to get the ball. He said, hey, we've got to be better, not only on stopping their run game, but better on the pass rush as uh, as things would go on. All right. So that leads us into the second half highlights. And the Buccaneers are able uh, to get a stop on Arizona to start the second half. So now Tampa Bay moving the football and trying to make something happen here. Again, you drive into Arizona territory. And Brady looking for Mike Evans uh, down the field here on this play of Gene Calder. Brady with a shotgun look, trip receivers right, Evans to the left. Brady dropping, dropping, throws the ball toward Evans. It's intercepted at the 19-yard line. Picked off at the 19-yard line. Evans, the intended receiver. Now, Marco Wilson has his second pick. He runs all the way down to the end zone to our right. I think he was down. And Brady's going to say it here in a little bit. You're going to hear it after the game that, hey, uh, he didn't get it high enough and didn't get it out quick enough. But that's, again, a great uh, play uh, for the Arizona DB to make the leaping interception in that instance uh, underneath. I think he kind of baited Tom Brady into that throw um, a little bit. Marco Wilson is his name. Both interceptions by the same guy, and it kills that drive at that stage midway through the third at 6-6. And then Arizona would get cranking. Finally, McSorley would be able to hit a big pass play. So much about DeAndre Hopkins, but they also have uh, Hollywood Brown. Marquise Hollywood Brown out of Oklahoma. He's able to make a big play right here. McSorley awaits the second down nine snap. Play action fake. Drops to throw. Looking left, looking left. Throws the ball deep downfield. It is a caught ball inside the Buck 25-yard line. What a great catch by Hollywood Brown. So that big catch set up another Prater field goal as we go through the highlights on Buccaneers Radio. 9-6 at this point. I know it's frustrating. Buccaneers not able to move the ball. Cardinals now lead for the first time. They get another stop. The Bucs go three and out again, unable to get a first down. And that leads to a great punt return by Pharaoh Cooper, a former Pro Bowl punt returner, 
kick returner with the L.A. Rams. He's also been with the Cardinals. He came back on their active roster here, had the big punt return, and that eventually set Arizona up to extend the lead. Receiver in motion, Brown, they'll hand the ball off, running to the left, as Connor inside the 15 to the 10 to the 5, 3-2-1, touchdown, Arizona Cardinals. My goodness, the first TD of the game, and it's by a guy wearing all red, and the Cardinals extend their lead to 15-6. to James Connor, big bruising back, former Steelers, been in the desert with the Cardinals for a couple of years, cancer survivor, recovering from cancer a few years ago, great story. He bulls his way in, and at that moment, man, it's looking dire. Because now they're up 10, now the crowd is in the game, a roaring crowd at State Farm Stadium on Christmas night. You're thinking, man, you're going to be in trouble here down 10. I got to tell you, though, I kept looking at the clock here where you still had plenty of time to go in the fourth quarter. When you got 10 minutes left, 8 minutes left, you got all your timeouts. That's a ton of time for the Buccaneers, and it did not take long on the next drive. Only a two and a half minute drive for the Buccaneers down 10 to respond. And one of the big plays right here to Leonard Fournette. From the Tampa Bay 33, Brady dumps the ball off. It's Fournette running left, cuts it upfield, keeps his balance to the 40, 45, 50. He's to the 45, inside Carrington territory, and knocked out of bounds at the 30, 26 yard line, 26. That's the first play after the touchdown. It's 44 yards on the screen, catch and run, and give Fournette a lot of credit uh, for the ability to not only get open, but also run through or elude defenders down the field and turn what's a five or 10 yard play into a 44 yard play, the biggest one of the night. Again, you move into scoring range uh, here on a couple of other plays. You hit Chris Godwin. Uh, on a key throw, you hit Fournette again with a 10-yard catch. He carried the defender right in front of me inside the 10-yard line. And then finally here on third and goal, you get the key moment and get in the end zone. Drop back Brady, throw Brady, caught ball to the goal line. Touchdown, Rashad White. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. White knew where that pylon was and leaned his arm out and crossed the plane with a football. Mean Gene Deckerhoff with the call again. That was right in front of me, right around the two-yard line with Rashad White reaching that ball out with the right hand. How big has that rookie been? Uh, former Arizona State standout uh, for the Sun Devils in Tempe, the Arizona of the Phoenix suburb. He had a lot of friends and family there. Rashad White gets the first touchdown. And, and I, I've got to tell you, standing there, you're now very confident you've got a chance to win this game. You've got a ton of time left in the fourth period here to win this game. And then you would need some help. The Cardinals have been a bad team. Uh, again, uh, Cliff Kingsbury's in battle, the former college coach at Texas Tech. They've, they've always seemed to flounder at the end of seasons, and here they make a critical mistake with the inexperienced quarterback, McSorley, and the Bucs capitalize. So it is third down and a yard. McSorley under center, two running backs with the pistol. They'll pitch the ball and drop uh, fumble football. Fumble football. The, the Bucks have come up with a football. Will a Golston. toss pitch. The toss pitch to Karate Ingram could not be handled. And William Golston has come up with a loose football. William Golston makes the recovery there for the Buccaneers as Gene and Dave called it. Enormous momentum swing with another turnover for the Buccaneers. Uh, at that stage, it was the third of the game. They had also gotten an interception and, and actually would get an interception at the end of regulation on the Hail Mary. Three turnovers on the night, none bigger than that one. You would have loved to have gone down and gotten a go-ahead touchdown, but Brady's uh, throw to Chris Godwin just out of his fingertips, a leaping try by Chris in the end zone on third down. 
So instead, you settle for Ryan Suckup retying the game on the 10-point comeback with a 42-yarder clutch. Clutch moment in the game with only a, about three minutes left here uh, in this one. And so now the Cardinals get the ball back, and the Cardinals are forced to punt. Now the Bucks have the ball, and you're thinking, this is it. At the end of regulation, with an opportunity for Brady to lead one more field goal drive and win it in regulation, it didn't happen. You punt away. As I mentioned, the Cardinals had one more play, and it was from their own 45. McSorley trying to throw the ball around his own 38 or 39-yard line, never got it close to the end zone, and Keanu Neal picked it off. So that ends regulation in a 16-16 game. Now you're hoping you get the toss and can go down and win the game with a touchdown because, again, the regular season rules are different than what they've changed in the postseason. The postseason, both teams are guaranteed a possession, even if there's a touchdown. In regulation uh, play, in, in regular season play, that's no longer, uh, the, that's still not the case. So if you get the opening kick and go get a touchdown, the game is over. But the Cardinals won the toss. They would have the ball first. They couldn't move it. They did get one first down, but then McSorley threw incomplete on set. McSorley should have thrown an interception to Levante David on the first play of overtime. The Bucs blitzed him. He threw it right at where David was. Levante's there. He's the first one to say at the game, I should have caught that ball because then it's going to be point blank to win the game with a field goal deep in the Cardinals' in on an interception. They were lucky Arizona that didn't happen. And then later in the drive, McSorley has a third down where he can't get the ball anywhere near DeAndre Hopkins, who's double teamed. Great secondary coverage throughout the night by the Bucs. Really limited the Cardinal pass game. And now they are forced to punt. How about DeAndre Hopkins on the next-gen stats? Since they began keeping next-gen stats, he is the first player... Uh, they were still searching, but the first player as of late night, Sunday night, that they could find with 10 or more targets and one or fewer catches. McSorley's catch came late in the fourth quarter on a little five-yard little dump screen pass. That's it. He had nine other targets where they didn't get the ball to him. Incomplete because of coverage, overthrown, underthrown. All right, so now the Bucks have the football. Now Tom Brady goes to work. Just surgical on this final drive in overtime. You could sense with another opportunity to win the game that it was going to happen for the Buccaneers with the drive beginning at their own 12-yard line after the punt. little short pass to Leonard Fournette. Then a nice pass to Mike Evans for a first down. And then a deep ball down the sideline to Russell Gage for 23 yards. Brady shotgun with Fournette on his hip. Pump fake, throws a deep ball. Tart by uh, uh, Ray, Ray Cage, he makes the catch. Gage has got the catch across the 45-yard line. And Brady pulled the trigger late, and a defensive safety got in the area, Jalen Thompson. But Russell Gage was able to catch the ball despite a vicious hit. What a catch by Gage. He got cracked near midfield. Big catch, big play there. And now you move into scoring range with another completion. Uh, to Mike Evans for 16 yards, and then another throw and catch to Gage, who was money in the overtime. Shotgun look, Bucks first down at the Cardinal 32. Brady, a quick dart pass caught by Gage outside the numbers to the 25. Spins off a tackle inside the 20 to the 18-yard line. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the move now. Two huge catches for Gage. Help set up the end game here where the Bucs get the ball in the middle of the field and put it on the foot of a guy that's been as, as valuable as any other player on the team. How many money kicks has Ryan Suckup made? Uh, including in this situation, game on the line, Christmas night in Arizona. 
30. One yard field goal. The kick here, boy. My suck up. Is it good? It's good. It's, 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 it's good. And the Bucs beat the Arizona Cardinals in overtime. Buccaneers beat Arizona in OT. Tom Brady engineers an overtime drive that gets in the range of Ryan Suckup, who just made his fourth field goal of the game. And the Buccaneers win 19 to 16. 40 yards and the win, a 10-point fourth quarter comeback. Brady is just unreal. Uh, I mean, 57 of them now in the fourth quarter or overtime, game-winning drives, regular season and postseason. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And he once again gets this team across the finish line with a comeback. Uh, I know it was not pretty for the first three quarters, but once they got it rolling with the no huddle and the passing game, Tom Brady 6-for-6 six six in the overtime. Tom Brady 17 of 23 in the fourth quarter in the overtime, even with the interception. 17 of 23 to get the game won. The interception actually in the third quarter. 17 of 23 through for like 160-something yards and the touchdown to Rashad White and the game-winning drive again. And the Buccaneers win. Merry Christmas, Buccaneer fans. One more Christmas gift. It will be forever talked about the first Christmas game. Tom Brady, the Hall of Famer, the GOAT, leading a win that virtually clinches a playoff spot. One more to go. But you put yourself in large position by getting this victory. All right, so when it was said and done, we went inside the Buccaneer locker room for some post-game hero interviews, including Ryan Suckup with the four field goals, none bigger than the 40-yarder for the win. Also in the same conversation, Russell Gage, the two huge catches in the overtime for this team. Here we go from our Hooters postgame show with those conversations. What a win tonight. You hear the music playing. You hear the Buccaneers celebrating. Ryan Suckup, Merry Christmas. A 1916 overtime win. You ended it. All right, tell me what was going through your mind on that final drive and lining up for the winning kick. Uh, you know what? It was uh, it was an amazing moment. Our, our team fought hard all night. Uh, credit to the you know the defense for getting a stop in overtime. The offense getting down, getting us in good position. And um, you know Zach and Jake, great snap, great hold. The big boys up front, um, give them all the credit. And uh, you know this one's really special. Uh, Christmas night. You know my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's his his birthday. Uh, this is a game I'm never going to forget. And uh, I, when when you ask what was going through my head, um, one of the things I always do is is just ask the Lord to give me peace before every kick. And uh, just said a little prayer, uh, went out, had, had peace that, that, you know, I really can't explain. And um, it was just a really cool moment to, to go out there and be able to knock one through. You got the tying field goal, obviously, as well. Did you just, did you have a sense this is going to possibly, if not likely, come down to me in an overtime situation? Yeah, I think, you know, anytime a game goes to overtime, you know, there's there's a good chance that, um, you know, your number is going to be called. And, um, you know, with a team like this, the way that these guys fought, uh, you know, I was hoping we would get a chance and uh, just feel really blessed to be able to have that opportunity. And I, I'm just thankful to, to play with this group of guys and, and this group of coaches. So I uh, feel really grateful right now. I keep asking everybody the same thing on every one of these comebacks. Can you say enough about Tom Brady? Here it is again. Ryan, this is 57, 57 times in the regular season or overtime, a game winning drive. Yeah, I mean, that's why he's the greatest player that's ever played. And, uh, you know, when you, when you have him on your team, uh, you're never out of a game. And, uh, you know, he, he proved it again tonight. And uh, credit to him, credit to, to the whole team. Great, great team win. And uh, it sure is fun getting to play with Tom. The first ever Buccaneer game on a Christmas night is a win in overtime. Congratulations and very much now in control of winning the NFC South. Ryan, thank you.
Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right. And we will stay here in the Buccaneer locker room and make our way over to Russell Gage as the Buccaneers get this clutch drive in overtime. First of all, how are you? Because we saw you go off the field a couple of times. You feeling all right? I think it might feel a little better when the field goal goes through and you win an overtime on Christmas. Am I right? 100%. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing fine, man. A little banged up. But like you said, like, see the ball go through, you know, makes everything feel better. <laughs> Tell me about Tom Brady. Once again, on the final drive, he's able to hit you initially. He hits Mike Evans on another long one. He hits you again. What, if anything, is being said? Tell me about the composure in the huddle, because there it is again, another game-winning clutch situation drive. Yeah, you know, and I feel like I say it every week, but, I mean, we know we're capable of. We come out, we can move the ball uh, really well, and he knows that. So, you know, we know stay composed. we in the game. We know we, at any given time we can go down the field and score, um, and that's what we did, man. He does a great job of that. Belief is such a big thing at this level. Down 10. You're able to get a touchdown. Does the belief start to grow when you start to take over? It was there when we were down 10, man. Um, like I said, like we know we know we capable. We can score at any given time. We can score quick. Uh, we have that type of offense. So when we were down 10, we believed in. Um, and then everything else just going to come into place, you know. Um, we left a few out there. We know that. Um, and more often than not, it's, it's us against us, you know, and we know that. So once we, when we stop beating ourselves, we know we're going to go down the field and score. What else can you say about having to come all the way out here for two or three days on Christmas and have to go to overtime to win the game, Russell? <laughs> Man, I'm just happy we got the win. I'm ready to get back home. <laughs> Amen. My guys. Yeah. No doubt. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. 19-16 the final. As again, Suckup's field goal wins it late night in Arizona, still before midnight on Christmas in the Eastern time zone and obviously in the mountain time zone as well. So still Christmas night. Ho, ho, ho with the victory. Let's continue with our postgame conversations. Here's William Golston. Kind of unheralded on that defensive line, but came up with an enormous fumble recovery, a couple of other run game stops. The D stood up in this game, holding Arizona to only the one touchdown. Here was Will Golston immediately after. 1916 in overtime. You might be able to hear the music. A party going on, and rightfully so. Merry Christmas, Will Golston. Tell me about pulling this game out. Man, what a Christmas gift it was, right? It wasn't pretty. It was ugly, but we got it done. One of the big plays is you falling on a fumble to help the momentum continue. Tell me about that play. That momentum shift was monumental. We knew they was going to do that play. We studied it all week, and the ball just tossed, came our way. Tell me about belief and belief in Tom Brady with a game on the line. There it was again at the end of regulation, and you guys gave him another chance in overtime. We know if we do our jobs and give him opportunity, he's shown in his career that he can do this all the time. What does this do for the confidence level of this team to be out here and deal with a couple of days over the Christmas holiday, have to go to overtime, Will, and win the game? What does this do for the confidence level of this team? If you can hear it in the background, that shows what the confidence does for us, and we hopefully keep this momentum rolling the next two games. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Another player that we're thrilled for in this Buccaneer win is Leonard Fournette, who kept battling. He had that catch of 44 yards that we talked about earlier. Great catch and run. Ended up with nine catches overall. The most important thing, the win. So late night, Sunday night on Christmas night, here's the conversation with Christmas night, Lenny. What a win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Leonard Fournette stands here with me. I'm doing some quick math. You had about 170 yards of total offense. Let's talk about the win. How did this team pull this out, especially in overtime? Oh, uh, I mean, it came to halftime. 
you know, uh, everybody was kind of frustrated, you know, uh, say what they had to say, get off their chest. And I just told uh, Byron, the offense, I'm like, man, listen, we've been in here before. We've been in worse situations too. So let's go out here and make plays. I told Coach Leftwich, man, give me the ball. Let's get it going. That's exactly what this team did. When you got the touchdown, the Rashad White touchdown, how much did it uplift the whole thing, the whole sideline, all of it, that you're now back in the game after being down by 10? I mean, definitely, man. Uh, this going on an entire year, every time we get in the red zone, it seems like we can't, get in the, can't, get, can't make six. So when uh, we got that, man, you know, we know we needed it. You know, a lot of guys on our team can make those plays. So I'm just happy. All right, I don't know if you've been told this. The final drive, Tom Brady is six for six. Again, hello. What is it like to be out there in, in one of those situations with all that's riding on it in an overtime? I mean, that's, that's just who he is. You know, uh, he's been doing it for years. Guys like myself, Mike, Julio, Chris, Rashad, everybody, man. We just, just playing part in his greatness and just giving what he wants. You know, he wants a certain route, running a certain way, the depth, uh, blocking-wise. Uh, we just here to try to make his job easier and one more obviously it's still Christmas one more Christmas gift for the Buccaneer fans and a huge step towards winning the NFC South still got to take care of business but this was huge tonight yeah definitely uh, on to the next you know we know how important next week is uh right now man is uh we miss Christmas with the kids so <laughs> ready to go back home see them open my gifts that I've got now you know so I'm just happy we got an extra gift tonight and for the Buck fans that are listening back in Tampa Bay you got anything for them Merry Christmas one more time Merry Christmas to everybody in Tampa man uh, I know we play with y'all emotions tonight but uh, <laughs> let's get it man next week's gonna be very important uh, see you out there Leonard Fournette thank you thank you he's been playoff Lenny he's been Sunday night Lenny he's been Lombardi Lenny to win it why not why not be Christmas night Lenny with all those key moments uh, being an outlet for Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. Even started the game-winning drive there in overtime. Excellent pass blocker as well. Credit where it's due as the Buccaneers get the win 19-16. As you can imagine, head coach Todd Bowles thrilled, relieved, exasperating, but you know what? You keep the faith. You keep battling. He's a veteran coach, and we've seen this over and over again. The Rams win. The Saints win. I know both of those are at home. Uh, and now the Cardinal win. I know you can say what you want about them having losing records, but you still got to go win the game. You got to go win the game in the fourth quarter and or overtime, and the Bucks have done it again. And the happy head coach was with me to answer it late night in Arizona about the victory and what it all means moving forward. And uh, let's just begin with the end. Your team had to find a way in the overtime and did. Tell me about your thoughts immediately after it's over with as Tom Brady puts together another great jive and Ryan Suckup wins the game. Uh, it was a hard-fought battle. You know, they're gritty. They were, they were tough. Uh, we were tough. We played gritty. I wish we could play the fourth quarter like we played the first three quarters, you know, and, and the overtime. But we got what we needed. Uh, it was tough. We knew it was going to be tough out here. They showed a lot of different looks on defense, and it was a hard-fought win. All right, so in the fourth quarter, you're obviously trailing by 10, but belief is a big thing. I keep talking about this. Once you got the touchdown drive and Rashad White scored, let's talk about that play, his second effort down on the goal line, first of all, for the touchdown. Tell me about what you saw out of the young man. Well, he was very heady for a rookie, obviously, to put the ball in his left hand and reach it across the goal line just in case he was going out of bounds. So he got the touchdown that way, which gave us some energy going forward to get back in this ball game. And that's a local kid, an Arizona State kid, that comes back to the desert and makes a play, makes it a little extra special on Christmas real quick, right? That was great for him to see. That was great for him to do, obviously, back here in Arizona, going to Arizona State. 
uh, to give the people something to cheer about that was here for them. All right, so once you got that touchdown and the defense goes back out on the field, how much does the belief just swell that just keep giving Tom Brady the chance and you're going to somehow win this game? I don't think there was ever disbelief. You know, it was it was hard fought. We knew it was going to be tough. We knew we were going to win it as a team and not just as individuals. And those guys stuck with the game plan and they trusted each other and they got the win. All right, then in the overtime, you're able to get the stop. You're able to uh, get a couple of incompletions. You got good pressure on McSorley. Just tell me about defense setting up the Brady final drive. I thought the defense did a, did a good job mostly. They had about two, three plays that we really should have had back that we gave them. Uh, but to get off the field at the end of regulation and to get off the field in overtime to give the offensive chance, I thought that was big for us, especially when they got the ball first. So that was huge and gave us a little momentum, and the offense took over from there. I know you don't tire of this. I don't tire of asking you about this. Tom Brady at the controls just went six for six on the final drive. Two big ones to Russell Gage, another one to Mike Evans. Can we say enough about this in the clutch to get in, to get in range and win the game with a field goal again? No, you can't say enough about it. And, you know, you're just happy to be on this team and you're happy to be a part of what's going on and, and, and keep making plays like that. So it was a team effort. Uh, we got He got the ball out. You know, we were playing with some backup guys that got in at the end, but we still found a way to get it done. What does this do? Obviously, you just took a major step towards winning the NFC South. You still have work to do. But what does this do for your confidence to come out here, get this win, and know you're now coming back home with a chance to control your own destiny and basically win the division on Sunday? I think it did more for us staying together and playing together and the results showed in that and it was gritty on both sides as well as special teams and that helped bring the togetherness back so that gets us ready for next week and gets us focused. All right, a couple of uh, a couple of more. I know Josh Wells went out in this game, uh, was carted off the field with a knee injury. I don't know if you have any further update on him, but then you have to go to Brandon Walton at left tackle who had played some for you earlier in the year. He played a, most of this game all the way into an overtime. Just say something about that situation out of necessity, out of injury. Well, Josh Torres Patel attending. Uh, so Walton came in. He's been playing both sides all the time, but he obviously you don't get near the reps that you get when you're not the starter. But he, he fought. He battled. We had to help him some here and there. But, you know, we got it done. He found a way to get it done. For this team now, you've got to regroup. You've got Carolina again coming in in a rematch game here uh, with an opportunity again to clinch the NFC South if you can win that game. You've got to get back home and refocus, right? Yeah, we'll get off the plane. The coaches will get right to work. The players will be off, but the coaches will get right to work. Obviously, they beat us the first time. We know it's going to be a good battle. They have a chance to try to win a division. We need to win a division for our sake, so we're going to get going when we get back. I know it is late. But there are a lot of Buccaneer fans that are still hearing this, so hear it after the fact. Say something to them about another Christmas present. They got one in under the wire, Coach. Another Christmas present here with a win in the desert in overtime. Merry Christmas, Tampa Bay. <laughs> How about that? Coach, thank you. There's it, Coach Todd Bowles. You want some more of these ridiculous stats? Tom Brady just became the first quarterback or any player in NFL history to have 250 wins. 250. His former teammate, Adam Vinatieri, the kicker, won 221 games, a lot of them because of Tom Brady. Uh, but 250, by far the most, uh, almost 30 more than any other player. Tom Brady now 57 fourth quarter uh, or overtime game-winning drives. It's remarkable, more than any other player ever.
A seventh win on the year, 19-16 in sudden death overtime for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get a key win now that puts them in position, as we were saying to the head coach, to simply beat Carolina, win the NFC South, and get a home playoff game coming up. Incredible drama, and you can't say enough about TB12. Let's go to him and his conversation with the media. He wasn't in there long. You're going to be able to tell as well. He had done a lot of yelling out on the field, trying to yell over the crowd, didn't have a lot of voice left. But here he was, Tom Brady, about engineering another game-winning drive, a crucial win for the Buccaneers in the desert on Christmas night. Yeah, you know, we keep it close in the fourth quarter. We know we got a shot. And, um, you know, just too many plays to not get ahead. And then, you know, we played better there in the fourth quarter. We executed pretty well. Made a bunch of uh, broke some tackles, you know, ran hard. A lot of guys made plays in the past game, some, you know, contested catches. Got a hit as soon as they caught it and, and came up with it. So... Defense really stepped up. This was a, a great way to, uh, you know, down 10 in the fourth quarter on the road. It's great to find a way to win. Final drive, what was, was, was there any particular reason things went so well on that final drive? In the um, end of in the overtime? Yeah, um, I, I think we're all comfortable, you know, in those situations. So. Javelin, he did today running and catching the ball. Awesome job, awesome job. Ran really hard, was on a mission. Um, ran through arm tackles, ran hard. Uh, caught the ball well, pass protected well. Um, so this team has a lot of resiliency. We fight hard. Seven and eight, you know, it's not where we want to be, but got a chance to, you know, championship game next week. I'm Greg Moore, Arizona Republic. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Two picks, Wilson. Not a lot of guys pick you off twice in a game. What was going on on those two plays? Uh, can you take me through anything that he might have done or that the defense might have done to scheme you into those uh, those mistakes? Yeah, he made good catches. You know, they played cover two. We had a go route, and I threw the ball pretty early. And, uh, you know, he had his eyes on it before Mike did and then came down with it. And the second one, they were in man coverage, and Mike broke to the outcut. I was late throwing it, and, uh, you know, he made a great catch. It looked like you hit you, uh, pump fake gauge. They were you're getting them to bite a little bit and then threw it over the top. Is that what happened there? Yeah, it was good. You know, we had a kind of set it up. We had a few plays where they were really aggressive on some of those old flare routes, and you know, we just said, hey, let's make an adjustment and pump it and give ourselves a shot, and ended up being a good play. Another stat that comes out of this is Chris Godwin. We didn't have him in the highlights, but he had five or more catches in another game here for the twelfth consecutive time. That leads the NFL twelve straight. Tyreek Hill has nine straight games with it coming off the Dolphin game uh, and the loss to the Packers for them on Sunday on Christmas Day, but 12 straight for Godwin, um, five or more. It's, uh, it's remarkable. Remarkable to see what he's done, to see what this offense can do. The rookie Rashad White gets another huge touchdown, another comeback win. Look, I, I know that our hearts... Uh, figuratively and literally can't take much more of the heart attack comebacks. Maybe we can. Maybe it's going to happen again against Carolina. Hope not. Hope you can rest easier with that one and win convincingly. But are you going to doubt Tom Brady right now with the game in reach? I mean, seriously. Legitimately. With the person, I know, makeshift offensive line with injuries, but with the weapons like Evans and Godwin and Fournette and White and Otten and Julio Jones and Russell Gage... I mean, they're going to make plays. What, what what more do you have to see in November and December right now that, they, that they're not going to make plays and win the game? Uh, just too many turnovers against Cincinnati, or I believe you would have had a chance to win that game and that matchup. Just an incredible night in the desert for sure. So as we put a wrap on that one, we now look ahead to the Carolina Panthers. They steamrolled the Detroit Lions back on Saturday afternoon in Charlotte. A must-win game for them. Carolina has to has to 
win this game Sunday and still needs to go ahead and win in Week 17. I'll explain that in a moment. But they, they ran for 300 yards. Between Deonta Foreman, the, t- the former Texas running back, Chuba Hubbard, the former Oklahoma State running back, they don't have Christian McCaffrey anymore, and they're still running it up. Steve Wilkes has done a tremendous job as the interim coach. Steve Wilkes, by the way, was out in Arizona for one season after, after Bruce Arians left. Steve Wilkes coached one season. They fired him and then hired Cliff Kingsbury. Wilkes has done a remarkable job to get them five more wins after he took over, what, a one-in-five team that had basically given up on Matt Rule, the former college coach. They played inspired football. Sam Darnold, former number one pick of the Jets, has been playing better. They've got Brian Burns as a pass rusher on defense. You've got to find out if Donovan Smith can be healthy to play left tackle. Is it going to be uh, Brandon Walton at left tackle again? We know we've lost Josh Wells, as the coach was saying. Patel attendant injury, so the veteran tackle is out for the rest of the year. I saw him after the game, gave him some words of encouragement. Mercy. It was just tough. It, it was tough to watch him get injured. It will be tough trying to block these Carolina Panthers. But, man, they're playing inspired football, and this is what it's all about. You want to be a playoff team? You want to get in the playoffs? You go beat the Panthers at home and go get in the playoffs. That will clinch the NFC South for the Buccaneers for the second straight year. I misspoke earlier. It's not three years in a row with a home playoff game because you run all the games in 2020 on the road in the playoffs. The Super Bowl was at home, but the NFL considers that a neutral field, so it doesn't actually count. But you did have a home playoff game last year and won it. Uh, over the Philadelphia Eagles, and now you're going to have a chance to get another one with a win over Carolina. Very simply, the Buccaneer win over Carolina means that the Buccaneers will clinch the NFC South by by virtue of all tiebreakers. They have a head-to-head tiebreaker over the Saints, plus the eighth win by the Buccaneers, no matter what New Orleans does, means New Orleans cannot get to eight wins. And again, the, the win over the Panthers guarantees the NFC South because now... Uh, you will have an eighth win, and by virtue of that win over Carolina, you will end up having the tiebreakers on them either on division record with how it ends up in Week 18 or in common opponents. So let me go back to what I said earlier. When the Panthers lost, uh, the common opponents would be the AFC North and would also be the NFC West. All right, so for the Bucks in Carolina or the Bucks along with the Saints and the, and the Falcons, those are the common opponents outside the division. In the case of the Buccaneers, that win over the Cardinals coming on Christmas night means you have three wins over the common opponents in the North and in the NFC West. The AFC North, the NFC West. Carolina only has two wins over those two divisions in the eight games. So I know it's nothing to really uh, brag about, but you did enough. The win over Arizona, Carolina lost to Arizona at home. Carolina's record against the common opponents will be 2-6, and and they can't do anything about it because their last two games are division games. So that's where the Buccaneers win the third tiebreaker down the line. The first tiebreaker is head-to-head. The next tiebreaker is division record, which the Buccaneers and Panthers could still have a tied division record. If the Bucs win Sunday but lose to Atlanta and Carolina were to win in New Orleans, they could still have the same division record. The next tiebreaker is common opponents, and the Bucs win that tiebreaker. That's how we know Sunday's game uh, on New Year's Day will be for the division for the Buccaneers. Now, interestingly, it's not for the division for Carolina out of hand. They don't clinch the division by beating the Bucs, and we don't even want to entertain that thought. Carolina can, uh, can very much help themselves with a win, but they cannot clinch it on Sunday. It's not winner take all. 
because the Panthers can still lose in the final game and the Buccaneers can still win and win the division. So a lot on the playoff scenarios at the end. You know what the bottom line is? Just win the game. Win the game, clinch the playoffs, clinch a home game, and then you're going to be able to rest some people against Atlanta if you choose to and get healthier for a playoff game that is likely with the Dallas Cowboys. I say again to you, it's not a guarantee that it's the Cowboys in the five spot because if they win their final two and the Eagles lose their final two, then Dallas can still win the NFC East. And they'll sort out who the number one seed is. And then Philadelphia would slot all the way down to the wild card number five slot, playing the four seed, which is the NFC South winner. Eagles win one more time. Cowboys lose one more time. And ties could be involved also. The Eagles win the division. The Cowboys are already locked into the five seed as a wild card if it comes to it. They would be the opponent. So all of that is to be determined. We just know this. It was a long weekend in the desert. We're glad to get back to our families and do a little Christmas and all of that. Great win for the Buccaneers. Do not apologize for victories. It doesn't matter by what margin. It doesn't matter how ugly it looked. It just matters, did you? How many did you win? Did you win? And the Buccaneers got the victory. We'll take it and take the opportunity coming up on New Year's Day. One Eastern time is the kick with Carolina in a rematch of the Panthers' win in October, 21-3. Bucks have to have it to need no other help. Control your own destiny. Beat the Panthers. You win the NFC South. And it's a hat and shirt game. They'll be passing out hats and shirts for a division win. You'll hang a banner uh, in the facility and at Raymond James Stadium. Go get it done. Go get it done against Carolina, who comes in again off the win against Detroit. They have won some games late in the year. They won at Seattle late in the year to put themselves in position, but they still trail the Bucs by one right now with two to go. If I did not articulate this correctly, a Buccaneer win on Sunday wins it outright. The Bucs would still be alive with a loss because if the Saints beat the Panthers, even after a Buccaneer win this weekend, and the Bucs beat the Falcons, the Bucs will have eight wins and the Panthers would only have seven. And, uh, and there you go. Uh, that would be enough. And again, the Bucs win a head-to-head tiebreaker with the Saints, and Atlanta's already eliminated. They win no tiebreakers with anybody in the South. So it's down to Sunday. We'll be on the air with the network at noon. Gene and Dave will call the game. I'll be part of it. Uh, And with a chance to clinch in the new year, we'll be talking to you in the new year on Buccaneers Radio Sunday. Everybody rest up, fuel up, and be loud at Raymond James Stadium. This is what it's all about. Playoff atmosphere. De facto playoff game, essentially. Win it. And you get to earn some rest against Atlanta and get ready to play the Dallas Cowboys. We're anxious for all of that. For now, we are good off the Christmas weekend. My thanks to Jason Berenger, helping me doing extra duty late night, uh, Sunday night, even doing some extra work for me on Monday with all the highlights, all the interviews that you hear. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. Gene and Dave were thrilled. We're all thrilled on Buccaneers Radio. 1916 win over the Cardinals, unforgettable on Christmas night. They're going to talk about it for a long, long time. The GOAT won a game in overtime on Christmas night to help the Bucs uh, go for the playoffs. Are you kidding me? It was certainly dramatic, and it's another win. And now we get ready for the Buccaneers and the Panthers coming Sunday on New Year's Day. Happy New Year's, everybody. Be safe this weekend. Happy New Year 2023. We'll talk to you from Raymond James Stadium on Buccaneers Radio. Noon is the pregame time on the network. On all our Buccaneer affiliates, Buccaneers mobile app, Sirius XM, as well as tune in and elsewhere that you can hear the game. Noon with the pregame, 1 o'clock kick time. Buccaneers rematch the Panthers. A win guarantees the NFC South and clinches it in a home playoff game. We look forward to that for Brady and the Bucs. We'll come in with a postgame nothing but Bucs immediately after it's over. Hopefully talking playoff wins, playoff matchup scenarios with likely the Dallas Cowboys. 
Let's watch all of that sort out this weekend on Sunday. Cannot wait. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm TJ Reeves for all of us, recapping the Buccaneers' latest win over the Cardinals. Thank you for being with us. We'll check you after the Bucs game against Carolina here on Nothing But Bucks.